Hey guys, so this is my warning label prior to my podcast. This one is not that bad. Um, I think I only cuss a few times, which is rare for me. <laughs> but it is definitely one to take notes with. Uh, it's speaking on the word no, uh, grief, loss of friendships. It's just a little, it's a little podcast, only about 30 minutes long. I'm going to try to keep them under 30 from now on because an hour is a lot for people to take in, especially with hearing my voice. So I kept this one a little short. Um, I hope that you guys enjoy it. I hope that you learn something from it. I hope that you take just the ounce of what I give you in every segment and spread joy into the world and spread grace into the world and understand that you are in control and that you are powerful and that you are capable. Remember that always. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. Listen to the next segment. Yo, how are you guys? It's been a crazy couple weeks for me. Crazy. And it it goes against what I'm about to talk about because the willpower to say no. (laughs) I don't have that willpower. I tend to just say yes. Let's go. Let's do it. I got you. Versus knowing my limit and knowing that I needed to say no so I could sleep or I already have too many projects. Um, I am an overachiever by any standard and I hate letting people down. And I feel like the word no lets people down. It doesn't speak for who I am. So for me, if I can make time for it, I will. Even if it cuts into my personal life or my sanity. (laughs) You guys. So here's the thing. We can always listen to other people, right? But when it comes to like listening to our own theology or our own way of feeling, right? We feel a certain kind of way, our own opinions, yet we can't live by those standards for ourselves. It doesn't make any sense, right? We can preach this shit all day and we can say, you know, you shouldn't be with him. You shouldn't be with her. You should be doing something better with your life. You should have went to college. You, you know, why do you live in that area? Blah, 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 blah. It, it goes on. The list goes on. We always judge everyone else and try to fix everyone else. But when it comes to ourselves, we tend not to listen. Like, God forbid our best friend be in a toxic relationship and we continue to tell them that they're no good for them and that one day they're going to learn and I'm not going to be there to pick up the pieces because I'm tired of picking up the pieces, right? But then we're the ones that go home to these toxic-ass MFers and we deal with all this shit, but yet we're yelling at our friend because she's dealing with the same thing and you want better for her. Why don't you want better for yourself? Why don't you strive to achieve better for yourself in your own life? We're so hard on everyone else. And then when it comes to us, we're like, "Mm, we can make it. We'll be all right. It's not the way it should be. My mom always said to me that sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And I will always live by the the opposite of that words stay with me like glue 
you say something to me, even if it's constructive criticism, I will take that constructive criticism and I will turn it into a positive. I will fix what it is that I messed up. But for the rest of my life, I will remember those words. Because for me, words are a positive reinforcement and a negative reinforcement. And you learn from them, okay? Words are very important. I don't say things that I do not mean ever. And if I didn't mean it in that moment, I fix it right then and there. Like if I say something and I figure, oh, that was mad, disrespectful, I should have worded it a different way. I didn't mean it that way. I will let you know right then and there. I'm not going to call you a week later and be like, uh, so I didn't mean it like you took it. No, I ain't that person. Um, I never have been, never will be, and that's perfectly fine. However, I'd rather be hit with sticks and stones than be hit with evil, manipulative, narcissistic words, okay? I'd rather you beat me to a bone crisp than you hurt me with your words because I can heal from being beaten okay I can't be healed mentally emotionally from words like being told I'm a horrible mother or being told that I'm broken or being told that I'll never be anything other than what I am right now that I'll never amount to anything words hurt yo they, they really, really do. Words hurt. So the word no for me, it's more of a trigger. Okay? I don't like the word no. I don't ask for much in this world. I don't ask people for much. I don't um, depend on people. I literally do try to achieve everything on my own all the time. And if I can't, I reach out. And it's my pride that gets in the way more often than not. Because I wouldn't have been down for so long or mentally broken for so long had I just reached out for help to begin with. But we tend to fight ourselves all the time. And then we fight for everyone else, right? We attack our well-being. But we're fighting for the well-being of others. What sense does that make? It's like you're you're trying to fill someone else's cup while your cup is empty. How can you do that? I did it for many years. And I still look back on it. And I'm like, how? How did I love and nourish and cherish and cater to all these people in my life when I was serving from a cup that was completely dry? Completely empty. I had nothing to give, yet I still gave. And for me, that goes back to the word no. I love hard. I love so hard. And I wish that was not my strength sometimes. Because I've been broken for so long and no one sees it. No one sees my brokenness unless you really really know me unless you actually sit down and genuinely listen to the heartache in my voice and the pain in my eyes unless you genuinely know me 
you would never know I was broken. You would never know I was hurt. You would never know I lived a life that I lived because in walking view, I'm put together. I'm good. I got this. I'm strong. Powerful. But in all actuality, I cried myself to sleep more times than not. I look at my children for strength. And aren't we supposed to be their strength? My children are my backbone. Without them, I can't breathe. Without them, I'm nothing. And that's something I have to revise within myself mentally and emotionally. I need to work on that. Because to me, my children are my life. When I should also be a reason to live, correct? You, yourself, should give yourself enough reason to live. Because you are purposeful. You have a purpose. You're here for a reason. It's what you do with your life to leave a footprint in this world to make a difference it's a choice you get to make not anyone else it's a choice you have to make the word no tends to get in our way okay we tend to tell ourselves no you can't do that no you're not any better than that person no why would you want to go and open up a t-shirt business when there's 75,000 other people doing the exact same thing you are? Why would you want to do this? Why would you want to make jewelry? Why would you want to sell cars? Why would you want to be a doctor? Why would you want to do any of these things? Simply because you have a competitor. Because you have somebody that can do it with extreme amount of excellence and you feel like well I'm just starting out so I'll never be anything but that person started somewhere too you don't know that person's life all you can do is walk within your own choose your own destiny and walk in your own path and say I got this even if I fail today tomorrow I'll try again the word no is not the answer the word no is not the answer. At some point in your life, you're going to wake up and you're going to say, I am capable. I am powerful. I am. Period. I just need everyone to understand that the word no is just fear. And if we go back to the biblical root of things, God says that if you walk in the line of fear and you step out of your comfort zone, then everything you ever wanted is on the other side. My whole life has been that way. I've walked on fear my entire life. And I walk straight through it and I say... Oh my God, this is beautiful. I take my struggle and I turn it into beauty. I take my pain and turn it into pleasure. I take my life with all of the grief and all of the pain and all of the heartache and all of the turmoil. 
and I've turned it into something I am proud of. I've turned it into beautiful, beautiful days instead of thinking, damn, I really went through that. I've lost a lot of people important to me. To alcohol abuse, to substance abuse, to suicide, to gang violence, to drugs, to life in general, to cancer, to any and everything. I've at least lost a person to one of the others. (laughs) A lot of the time, for many years, I would say I'm alone. I don't have family. I don't have self-worth. I don't have a reason to live. My mom died when I was very young. I've lost my father when I was young. I lost my sister. I lost my best friends. I've, I've been through some things. I've lost children. And grief for me... It's not something I process lightly. And it's also not something I process on the spot. So grief for me was another version of no. That's a limit. No, that's a limit. No, that's a limit. The word no always comes to mind. I tell myself, no, you can't be hurt. You can't be in pain. This person wouldn't want this for you. This person would want you to be happy and live your life. And then you pick up the phone to call him or call her and you're like... Oh my God, I can't just pick up the phone anymore and look at, for advice or look for your wisdom or just hear your voice or tell you about my day or the bullshit I just went through. Like, you are my person and now you're not here. I'm going to say this and I'm going to tread lightly because I know where my heart sits with this one, but I lost two of my best friends within four years of each other. I lost one of my best friends a couple of months after having my first son. And I can still picture where I was at, what I was doing when I got that phone call. And I'll never be able to get it out of my head. I can still picture walking into a room full of people who didn't really love her. Who didn't really know her. Who didn't really cherish the moments that they had with her. They were just there because they felt like they had to be. And for me, I felt like that was even worse. I saw the grief in this, their, her parents' eyes and I saw the pain. They lost their baby. They lost the love of their life. That She lost her best friend. He lost his little girl. And people judge them all the time because of the grief that they have all these years later. And they say things to them that they shouldn't and they do things to them that they shouldn't and they neglect to call them and to love them and to cherish them because they're scared to have these hurtful and hard conversations with them they don't understand how to interpret their love language or how to understand that grief lasts forever it's not just a today thing because they've never been through the things that they have and until you walk in someone's shoes the exact same way that they had to go through that pain and that triumph and that that hurt the loss of a child you'll never know what to say but please understand when I tell you that saying nothing is just as bad as saying 
the wrong thing. Neglecting to love them and neglecting to be their friend is just as bad. It's telling them, no, they're not worthy. No, they're not capable. No, they're not loved. There is life after death. That person's not gone. That person's in spirit. It's how I was raised. It's how I feel. It's what I know. I still feel her with me every day. She reminds me in every chance she can get that she's still standing right next to me. Guiding me on the path that I need to be on. Helping me live a, a, a joyous life. She reminds me that when I cry over her that those tears are just for a little bit. And then after that I need to shake it off and I need to tell her I love her and that I'm sorry for crying because it made her upset. She reminds me every time that my heart hurts because she's not here physically with me. That she's still here with me in spirit. And that she still walks through this life with my children and guides me and protects them and loves them. That she still has those moments with me. And a lot of people forget over the years how to love a person that's no longer physically here. Because they forget, they, they stop talking about them. They stop including them in their lives and they they basically just brush it underneath a rug and say well it never happened I I could never do that it's another reason why I grieve differently it takes me years to process that this person is gone and when I finally do process it it hits me all at one time and it takes a while and I'll, I'm never going to be over the death that I've lived in my life because I don't expect myself to be. And I think people that act like it never happened and walk away from it like it never happened are sick. They don't understand. They didn't have that love language. They, they had this barrier up, this wall. They're sick emotionally. They don't understand love in a superficial sense or love in a sacred sense. All they know this person's no longer here so it doesn't matter. It doesn't work for me that way. Four years after my best friend died I lost my other best friend. Two of the most important people in my lives I lost within four years of each other. I was pregnant with my daughter. My best friend passed away in April. And my daughter was born in August. I got a phone call that said, Yo, look at your messages. I think something happened to him. I think something happened to Fatty. I saw it on Facebook. And my sister goes, I, I think you need to sit down for this. I was... Let's see, August, so April, May, June, July, August. I was six months pregnant. Already a high-risk pregnancy. Already very emotional. Never thinking that I was going to lose this person because this person was stronger than me. This person was always my light in this life. This person always had my back. This person always picked me up. This person was my person. It never even crossed my mind that he killed himself. He's from St. Louis. So my first 
reaction was. Who killed him? Who shot him? What'd he do? Instead of what happened? I had lost contact with this person because I was in a marriage that he couldn't understand that you could have friendships with people that weren't the same sex, that you could love somebody and not physically have to love them. I love this person beyond measure. I love this person beyond lifetimes. This person was my person. This person was me in a male form. I've known him since I was two foot tall and in diapers. I lived my life in St. Louis with him as a child. I lived my life with him in Texas as a child, as an adolescent, as an adult. We grew up together our entire lives. And what was crazy is we went from one place to the next and we still live within five seconds of each other, literally. The first place we lived when we were kids was right next door to each other. And then we somehow found ourselves both in Texas and both of our fathers lived eight doors down from one another. How odd is that? To go that far from one to another and not call it fate. Not call it what it is. Destiny. We were supposed to be in each other's lives and we didn't understand why at the time because we were so young. We grew up next to each other for years. We grew up grooming each other and loving each other and understanding each other and knowing that we were inseparable. The one person in my life that my father never judged. The one person in my life that my father loved beyond life. Other than his children. The one person in my life that my father accepted without doubt. I don't think people understand that kind of love and that that love can exist even if not by blood. He was my person. And when I got married, he wasn't allowed to be my person anymore. He wasn't allowed to be in my life. And it was either I choose my husband or I choose him. And being so young when I got married, I chose my husband. It was very selfish thinking. It was very selfish on my husband's part to even suggest that I had to give up my friendship because it was a, I don't even know what he was thinking. Okay. I I don't, I, I can't speak for him. I can speak for myself and say that it's very selfish. And if you have a friendship with somebody as I did with him, I would never have asked you to give it up because I know there's a boundary. I know you wouldn't cross those boundaries because I wouldn't cross those boundaries. I didn't have any doubt in my life that this person was supposed to be in my life. I didn't have any doubt that I would cross a boundary outside of my marriage. I loved my husband and I loved everything about being married. I would never have cheated on him. But in his eyes, you can't be friends with guys. Yet he could be friends with any female in the world. Yet I would come home and there would be women in my house. Yet, time and time again, he proved to me that he could have friendships with females, but I couldn't have friendships with males, which then told me what really was the problem, right? You're living this life that you feel like you have to 
put me in a closet and lock me up and say, well, you're not allowed to talk to anybody. You're not allowed to have friends. You're not allowed to go out. You're not allowed to do these things because in your mind, you're guilty and you feel bad for what you've been doing. But I'm not like that. I know separation and I know boundaries and I know when to cross them and when not to cross them. I gave up on this person and I said no to being in this person's life because I chose what I thought was better for me at the time. And in the end, my best friend ended up killing himself because I said no. And I know it's selfish for me to think that it's because I wasn't a part of his life that I could have saved him. But I'm going to go back to the fact that I've known him my entire life and he was the strongest person I knew. I knew that he wasn't that way. I knew that he would never hurt himself. That was never something that crossed my mind. Never, never in a million years would I have ever thought that this person would have killed himself. He lost his brother six months before he died. And he was in pain. That was his best friend. He didn't know how to take it. And I knew that his brother passed away. And I reached out once. And I should have known in the response that something was wrong with him. And instead of knowing that something was wrong with him, I protected myself, my marriage. And I stayed away because I didn't want to ruin what I had. Even though I had nothing. I still chose to say no to save this person. This person that I've loved my entire life. This person that I've held close to me forever. I chose to say no because I chose ignorance over love. Ignorance over friendship. Ignorance over family. Because I didn't care that he wasn't my blood. He was my blood. And I didn't fight for him. So the word no isn't something I say. The word no isn't something I do. The word no just doesn't sit well with me because the word no kept me from being able to save someone's life. It's not okay. And it took me years to find him. It took me years to say my goodbyes even though you can say them now, then, later, whenever. I had to physically see where he was buried in order for me to feel any kind of comfort. And even then, I still felt broken. I still felt like I failed him. So the word no is something you should revise out of your vocabulary. It should be maybe later or not just right now tomorrow there should be a goal in mind and the word no shouldn't be a part of it suicide is real pain is real grief is real check on your people love your people don't ever let fear stand in your way of tomorrow don't ever let fear just stand in your way 
beauty lies on the other side of fear. It really does. I just wanted to remind all of you that even if you go through something that you feel like you'll never make any good from it, you will. It just doesn't look like it right now. In about 10 years, in about 10 months, maybe 20 years from now, what you went through then set the pace for the rest of your life. It opened up a new chapter. It opened up a new wound that you were able to heal. It set the tone for the rest of your life. Because even if it seems like it's bad right now, you're not blind by that later on. You walked in fear and you walked in pain and you realized how to cope and how to deal at some point, even if it takes a lifetime. You learn something from that case, from that instance, from that pain, from that marriage that didn't work or that friendship that ended abruptly or the job that just didn't work out for you. You learned something from it. Love hard. Always. Alright guys. You have a beautiful night. Just be kind. Walk with grace. Love thy neighbor. And love yourself.